This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You're home alone. You have an uneasy feeling in the darkness. Like someone or something is watching you. Why is it suddenly cold in this room? You hear footsteps, whispers, or even laughter. You go to check. You feel a presence behind you and then the fear sets in i'm k-town and you're listening to paranormal fears to him twice or several times because we were, we were still getting mail delivered to the home of the previous tenants. And one of the things we are often asked, and that's a good question to ask is, well, have you talked to the previous tenants? You know, we're trying to find the root cause of where this phenomenon has come from. Did we, did we bring it in with us or was it here when we got here? And I would get these letters, same address, but different names also. I would go to the homeowner. I was like, hey, I got these letters. I would like to get in touch with the previous tenants. I was using that as an excuse. Can you give me the contact info so I can get these letters and bills to them? He said, hey, I can't do that, but if you give me the letters, I'll I'll, I'll forward it to them. And I'm like, okay, shucks. But then I would ask him, I said, hey, um, anything weird ever happened to this house? Anything going on weird? Anything? He's like, no, what do you mean? What are we talking about? I'm like, oh, we're just getting these, you know, bangs and stuff. I didn't tell him about the throwing thing. I just saw these bangs and loud noises. He said, oh, it must be, you know, raccoons or something in the attic. He said, oh, you mean to send somebody, a pest guy up there? I'm like, oh, no, okay. When I needed his permission to get Ghost Adventures in, because this is it's his home, he owns it. They just kind of take the rental approval. They got to take their home, homeowner's approval. I went to him. I said, hey, uh, this is what's been happening. I, I went all out, and I, and I got the, the letters, the correspondence in, in my book of our exchange. I said, hey, this is what's been happening from day one, day two, da 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 da, da. And um, I got this team. You know, they said they want to come in and research the home. They think they can get to the to solve the problem. And I thought when he saw my letter and I showed him the pictures of the burnt wall, the burnt posters and fire department response calls and all this stuff, I thought he was going to kick us out. I said, well, this is, this is, this is where it's, this is where it ends now, you know, and that won't be necessarily a bad thing. But his reply to me, I thought he would like 
respond like in a few days or, or something because he has to call his lawyer about to see about eviction proceedings. But he responded within a few hours and he says, hey, sorry, and I'm paraphrasing, sorry that you're going through that. Oh, man, that's horrible. Um, yeah, you got my permission to uh, bring whoever you're in, in. Have them contact me if they need any sort of written or verbal permission, but yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let you, and this is his word, I'm going to let you be quarterback this with them. Let's keep me updated. And then the last thing he said, which I thought was kind of weird, which he's, I didn't ask him, he just volunteered it. He says, yeah, there's probably some evil spirits in there that need to be gotten out. And then I was it. That's all he said. That's crazy. Like, he he knew something was in that house. Yeah, before yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And we did find house. out. Yeah. Uh, Rhonda's her name. Rhonda uh, Jimenez, her family, who lived in the home 2008, 2000. There was one of the letters that kept coming to the home. I did find them on Facebook. I did talk to Rhonda. Uh, and they, they were having similar activity in the year 2008, 2019, Rhonda and her family. Uh, Rhonda told me through, through Facebook chat, uh, through phone calls, when I asked her, I, caught, I was very lucky that I caught caught up with her. Thank you, Facebook. But she was like, um, that house was a living hell. That house destroyed my marriage. And her words, not mine. She said, that house was the beginning and the end of everything. She said, I, talking about herself, became suicidal, depressed, and I became addicted to drugs and alcohol in that house. Only in that house. And she said, I tried to kill myself three times in that house. She said, and she said, I was, I, was, I was raped in that house also. And she said, my son, talking about her son now, whose room, bedroom, was my office, which is probably the most active room in the home. She said, my son still, she used the word still, sees shadowy figures to this day. He still sees them. He's like 12 or 14 now. You know, he was so sick while in the house, or got so sick, he developed a rare form of meningitis. The doctors could not determine root cause, and he almost died in that house. She said, that house is the worst thing ever. She said, it was like a dark cloud set over that house. We're glad to be out of it. And I'm like, well, that's where we're living at right now. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> she was so helpful in... I tell people, because me and, Tina, we, me and Tina share everything about that house. It's hard not to when you witness it together. One of the things I never conveyed to Tina until after I talked to Rhonda was the shadow figures. I had been seeing them months before I talked to Rhonda, and I didn't tell anybody because I didn't know what that meant. I thought, is that me losing it? Is that them getting to me? And if I can't make heads or tails of it, if I took Tina's going to flip her wig, you know, and I was shadow figures <laughs> at the corner of my eye, always when, I, when I'm in the office or in the kitchen, you know, washing dishes and you got your back turned to the living room or TV, whatever, you're just doing dishes. And you see these movements out the side of your eye and you turn that direction and they're gone. Well, one night I was in my office and, um, it was a very dark time in the Boston house during this episode. This is during the apparition sightings too, where I turned toward the hallway and I was able to, I guess I'm lucky, but I was able to see one shadow figure go from left to right across my door. 
And that was the first instance I've seen one. And when I saw it, I was in so much disbelief, but I was in belief. But I did not know who to call or what to do. Because keep in mind, most of this phenomenon we're, we're experiencing, it's, you can't really put a face to it. You can't really put a, you know, a, you know. I want to give this phenomenon a mascot. Okay, I want to give be able to say, you know, because this mascot I draw or sketch is going to encompass everything that we've experienced. But up until now, it was two runner-ups. It was the gray lady apparition, or these shadowy figures. And when I saw the shadowy figures, they seemed to me, from when I saw them, fit the description better of everything we've experienced because I saw multiples of them. Now, when you're sleeping, or at least when I'm sleeping, they're pulling on your sheets while you're sleeping. They're tugging at your toes. They're, they're, they're gnawing on your shin, ankle, toes, heel, you know. They're doing the mattress indentations while you're sleeping. They're tapping on the headboard. They're yanking pillows from under you. I've been on hotels all around the country during this ordeal for work. And I've been attacked in hotel rooms. I've had pillows thrown at me in the dead of night. I had pillows yanked underneath me in the dead of night. I've had sheets torn off me in the dead of night. I've had electrical issues. Wi-Fi issues to where the IT of the hotel department comes in and they're like, we don't know what's going on with your, with the, what's with stuff in this room. Sorry, Mr. Leonard, we apologize. How can we copy you or whatever? All that and above. And then contact Tina to let her know that, hey, I just had an episode where they attacked me in my hotel room. And Tina's like, hey, me and my best friend just got attacked too. We're, 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 we're headed to the hotel. We, we, we're not staying here. Tina called her best friend to stay with her while I was out of town. Now her friend is getting attacked with Tina. And when the time I'm calling her to report that I'm being attacked, I'm hearing the attack in the background. While Tina and them are exiting the house. They're like, we're out of here, dude. We're, we're out of here. I'm like, what's going on? I, I'm, I'm being attacked. He's like, no, we're being attacked. I'm like, we're, we're getting a hotel. We're out of here. <laughs> you know? And that's just, it just... <laughs> It just riddles the mind. They're like, wait a minute. Two places? I'm in Spokane. I'm in Sacramento. And other places getting attacked. And I called my girl to let keep her updated, you know. And she's getting attacked. And her friend. Her best friend. And, you know, you hear in the background. We're out of here. Car started. You know. And that happened a lot. Yeah, but what did she say was they were experiencing at that time? And what were you experiencing at that exact same oh, time? So when I called Tina to report my attack, I had just had the pillows and she think off my bed that previous morning. So I'm, I'm calling gotcha, her. Gotcha. When I'm calling mm-hmm. Tina, it's like early in the morning. They're running because, and this happened, Kim, that's the best friend, Kim. Kim was taking a shower in the guest bathroom and they both woke up to loud bang. They both woke up to loud bang, which kept them up at night. So they weren't happy about that, but they can tolerate it. What made them say, hey, we're out of here, and we'll do our makeup and stuff in the car, was when Kim was taking a shower, and the door slammed, and the lights went off on her. Not Tina, on her. And Kim's like, ah, screaming. And, and Tina comes running around the corner, and then the banging. I heard her as I was talking on the phone. Boom, 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 boom. And they were just, I'm like, we got to like, call me off from the highway. Call me from the highway. I mean, this is real. I'm like, hey, get out of there. Get out of there, click. Coming from the highway, 
you know, because when you're being attacked, everything else doesn't matter. You know, just you're like, okay, well, we're in this conversation where you're at a safer place. There were times or nights, I should say, where the activity would be so bad, me and Tina got a hotel room for a couple of days. We were advised to do that, and we took it upon ourselves to do that. You know? And then... That is just crazy. They would start taking our car keys. The night we saw the premiere of Ghost Adventures Demon in the Seattle episode, we didn't want to watch that in our house. Heck, though. We rented a hotel room downtown Seattle to watch it with our friends. And the day or hours prior to going to meet our friends... Tina's had a Ford Expedition. Her car, her keys went missing. No keys are gone to this day. My car keys, and I said when I say keys, I really mean car fob, you know. And these things are expensive to replace. I had to replace two car fobs on my car, you know, five hundred dollars each, because mm. they just take them. And then you're like, you know, no one looking for them. You're not going to find them. You know, if you ask them for hey, can you give it back? You can be nice, or we try. Be as nice, apologetic. And it's not your fault, so you feel, yeah. why am I apologizing? I didn't even do nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you still don't get no. them back, no matter what you do no. or how you no say it. what you do, they're not coming back. We had shamans in. Shamans conducted rituals. We buried an apple tree. We buried salmon. Uh, what, what about a psychic medium? What about several somebody like mediums, that? Several. One of the things what were they saying? That, were they picking up on uh, energy? They picked up a lot of energy. Oh, they, oh, they, they, they yeah, the a lot of energy. Could they pinpoint it? Not exactly, but they picked up a lot of a lot of hurt, a lot of history. Uh, the only team I thought was weird was they didn't bring a psychic medium with them, and I thought would have been very valuable was that was Ghost Adventures. I like. Out of all the team, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not saying every team who came in the house had a legitimate medium with them, but uh, I was very surprised that Ghost Adventures didn't bring one with them because the medium could point you to which part of the house the spirits are currently occupying and maybe increase your chance of getting activity. Getting activity, yeah. And something ha- Okay, so explain that a little bit for those that have probably heard that Zach was there and they didn't really pick up anything valuable i guess but explain what happened and then why you think they didn't because they listen we know that maybe people don't know but i know they're not there that long you know they're not there a long time maybe you know 72 hours tops sometimes you know and then they're gone but tell us what happened at your house so ghost adventures found us we didn't find them that's that's one fact um they found us through local media by our our home activity by now i've gone on two years and it attracted local media. The local media knew Dave Schrader and said, hey, your house seems legit because the media came in and had their own paranormal encounter and ran out screaming. So they said, we, we, it'd be good if we get Dave Schrader in here. And they said, well, Dave Schrader called me the next day. I think it was October 30th, 2014. And he asked me if it was okay if him and Ghost Adventures could come uh, investigate the home. And uh, I said, sure, um, go for it. And they came. They came in late November, early December time frame. And they sent me their itinerary before they came, you know, travel channel and all that stuff. And it was an itinerary, you know, what was going to happen. I said, we're going we're to be there for a week. But Ghost Adventures are not going to be there for a week. Ghost Adventures production is going to be there a week. Um, 
there's two teams, A team and B team. The B team arrives first. The B team obviously stands for the B-roll team. They're going to do the reenactment scenes, the interviews, and all that stuff. So they need three days access to the house. Three days. They do not interact with Ghost Adventures, meaning Zach and crew. Zach and crew are the A team. Weird because they come last. They arrive on the third or fourth day, and they did. But in the itinerary, it says, it says in black and white, and I put the itinerary in my book, of how long they're going to conduct their investigation. Ghost Adventure, and, about, and by that I mean Zach and Aaron and those other two guys, actual investigation was only five hours. Five hours. The B team, who did the production, were there three and a half days. It would have been cool if it was vice versa or even Steven, but that's not my biggest complaint. I didn't care. What I was worried about when, and I told Tina, was, wow, five hours, that's nothing. You know, weeks sometimes go days without activity. That's just normal with paranormal. Sometimes you go days, weeks, you know, we've gone three days or two weeks without activity, and then it comes back abruptly. And then the time when Jack and them arrived, the activity was showing signs of dying down. It was. And so I was worried that they were going to come there in a short period of time and not get anything. And sure enough, they didn't. What I did not expect was they was going to make me and Tina the scapegoat for not getting anything when the episode aired. Because when you watch the episode, and this is just this is not my opinion. I'm not the disgruntled person. This is what people who watched the episode with an open mind have told me, and who were fans of the show, and even came to me or found me on the internet and said, we've never seen them treat a house occupant like they treated you and Tina. They seem to either not believe you at all or put you on the defensive, and we've seen them claim evidence for much less trivial stuff. You know, there were some there there. There were numerous equipment malfunctions that they called attention to, where in other episodes they would really troubleshoot and go after, because they did have a lot of equipment malfunctions, Ghost Adventures did. Their batteries kept dying, and that was one of the things I kept telling them with my equipment, is my batteries in this house die all the time. So an episode aired, and Ghost Adventures, you know, wrote at the end of the show, no evidence the social paranormal blogosphere went crazy and attacked me and Tina as hoaxers, pranksters, making it up, over-exaggerated. And we caught the tail end of it. And then when we reached out to Ghostman to sort of clean some of that up, not necessarily re-edit the episode, but just sort of get on social media and just say, hey, not every home that you arrive to, you go to yield or find something, especially for the short period of time that we're there. But they never did that. And I tell people when I ask, well, why did Ghost Adventures not find anything? And two, there's three things I give a reason for. The one, and, and there's only and a few they can't control, so that's not their fault. Portuguese phenomena comes in what we call a bell curve. The activity, there's an activity where the activity escalates and activity de-escalates. Nobody knows the reason why. It just does that. It's not always hell on earth. So when Ghost Adventures arrive, most of the hell on earth had subsided. That's what got their attention, the hell on earth. Well, the hell on earth, the Portuguese knows not to continue the hell on earth campaign when the Calvary's on the way. Why would it do that? What what normal thinking, righteous spirit would create a hell on earth environment when the Calvary is on the way? No. Just let the Calvary come in here, snoop around, don't get nothing, leave, and then we can resume again. 
So that's what happened. That's one reason. But it's not their fault. Also was the time constraint. Now, five hours is not enough time to investigate a home. I've had paranormal teams come who live in Seattle, spend 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours in the home and don't get nothing. I've had teams who come in and spend 10, 12 hours and get something. You really, if you want to try to get something, is you need to spend the night in the home like the UK guys did, like Nikki Novell and her team did, three and a half weeks. They lived in the home three and a half weeks. Portuguese is hard for them to sit on their hands three and a half weeks. It really is. Also, Steve Mara, parapsychologist Steve Mara from the UK, and Don Phillips, who was a medium, flew and stayed two and a half weeks. So they were able to get phenomena and capture evidence. But they know going in, all teams outside of Ghost Adventures knows they're not going to see Bibles catching fire when they, while they're here. They're not going to see large objects being thrown. It'll be cool. It'll be, it'll be awesome to see that. But they know that's not why they're here. Only people who are there to see that kind of stuff are the thrill seekers. And that's what Ghost Adventures were there for. You see it in an episode where we got to see the Bibles burn for ourselves. Well, you, you send yourself up to fail because guess what? You're not going to see that. You know, I didn't see the Bibles catch on fire. I responded to Bibles catch on fire. I come to a room, the Bibles, the Bible's already on fire. You know, it's not like I'm holding it in my hand and it, it, it ignites. No, it's sitting on a bookshelf and it's on fire. And nobody's in the room because me and Tina are in other parts of the house or not even home. So it was, it was that nature of the aspect of it. And then the last, the third thing is, like I said, you really want to live in the home, which they didn't. And like I said, five hours is five hours. But you'll never see that in the, in the disclaimer of their episode. So, so that was the. That's not long enough. I mean, common sense tells you that's not long enough. You know, that it's not going to, the, the phenomenon is not going to happen when they want it to happen. No, it's not. So, that's yeah. just crazy to assume that it And will. they left, yeah. I mean, I know the show is famous and their format is something to call a lockdown where we, we got to be in the house by ourselves and the tenants or the occupants have to go elsewhere. I don't think, I get that format. I don't think you can have a format dealing with the paranormal to where every instance the format stays the same. The other teams that caught evidence in our home caught evidence because number one, they stayed longer and they kept us, particularly me, around. You want to keep the house as much as natural as possible because you don't want to stir much. If the phenomenon is happening when Keith and Tina are home, why would we not want Keith and Tina present while we conduct our visit? That's right. Yeah, because it may be targeting you. Right. So you have to be in, the house. be in the house. Yeah. Now, you can keep an eye on right. us, keep right. us in the garage or something. But other teams were able to get evidence because we, we were there. We were not sent away. And the poacher guys knows that, like I said, they're in the room with you. When they're talking through the clipboards and all that, having chats of how they're going to quarterback this thing, the poacher guys is in the huddle with you. They're there. I tell people all the time. Yeah. They're in the <laughs> huddle, guys. So don't come in there thinking they can't see you and they can't hear you while you're strategizing. They knew you guys were coming. They knew you guys were coming weeks before you arrived here. When I read the PDF, guess what? They're reading the PDF. You know, they are. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know what? That, you know, And it brings me back to another case. I think it was the Springfield Poltergeist case, and I had... 
uh, Timothy, I forgot his last name, but his guy, guy's name's Tim. And he told me that the phenomenon is really tricky and very smart. Like, you know, you'll be in one room doing something, you think you're going to catch it, and it starts happening in the other room. You know, so it has a way of tricking you uh, when you're trying to catch it. So I'm, I'm not sure why uh, Ghost Adventures came at your house the way they did, because they set themselves up for failure. Yeah. The way that I yeah, see you're it. You're a cat yeah. chasing mm-hmm. your tail. What Steve Mara did, him and Don came in, and, and even even Steve in his own book, or when you interview him about the Bothell House, he, he'll quite honestly tell you, when we got there, this is Steve, when we got there, you know, he told us so much stuff prior to getting there, and we thought, yeah, hey, he seems sincere. Well, we'll go check it out. But a lot of it seems too good to be true or far-fetched. But, oh, well, we won't know until we get there. They start conducting their investigations, and one of the first problems they had was battery drainage and their equipment being unplugged and turned around, which is a lot of the things I was having. And they said, Steve said, it, it, it finally took me, meaning Steve Mara, to experience how much difficulty we were having with our camera setup to understand and appreciate what Keith was telling us with his camera setup. Because one of the things Keith kept getting ding-donged by critics and sentence was, why aren't you catching anything on videotape? Why are you only doing, you know, reporting video of after-the-fact stuff? And I would always tell people, it's not because of the lack of trying. It's because the spirits go in, they remove the SD card, they remove the SIM card. I've had, you know, cameras unplugged, turned upside down, cameras missing, battery drainage. So all that stuff was happening to Steve Mara, too, and Keith does not even know where in sight. And so they said, and when they realized that, they realized... We had to change, him and Steve and Nick Kyle had to change their methodology of investigating. Because we're dealing with an elusive poltergeist. There's all kind of poltergeist out there. This is an elusive one. This one seems to get more kicks out of doing phenomena and having people come in with their equipment and then denying you the ability to capture what it's doing by unplugging, removing stuff. Because Steve and them would come to a room where they just set up and the cameras would be facing the wall. You know? Right, Two seconds right. later, I mean, they just left the room. They only went out for a cigarette break. You know? And the cameras are facing the wall. The motion detectors is working because we know everybody's inbox is filling up because the, the cameras just moved. And the pictures that are being taken are of a wall. <laughs> So the spirit that moved the camera yeah, where it's facing the wall and it's triggering the motion sensor. But he, Steve Mara, learned a lot from that episode. Let me ask you something about the phenomenon itself, and we come into the end here. But you know, I mean, parapsychologists can't really agree on what a poltergeist really is. For one, I want to ask you what you think it is at heart. You know, now that you've experienced this and looking back on it, what you think it is, and whether it was centered upon, really centered upon, maybe your girlfriend. I know that sometimes females cause it to happen. I mean, do you think it had anything to do with your girlfriend or you specifically? Uh, no, it did not have anything to do with Keith or Tina. Um, the demons in Seattle episode, Ghost Adventures, tried to throw some shade at Tina toward the end of the episode saying Zach felt weird around Tina. Um, there's a mis, I guess, characterization about Portuguese, in my opinion, that has given women or females the bad rap, if you will, of saying teenager, puberty, women are weird, da-da-da-da-da. I spent a lot of time researching and putting both books, second book and third book, 
what I think of Portuguese is. And there's, and I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I guess it's a minority, but there is a minority out there within the paranormal field that believes this. In my opinion, Portuguese are spirits. There are a third party entity to where they um, are a sentient being. They have intelligence and they operate on, how can I say it? They're just, they're independent. They are not, in my opinion, the result of what we call, you know, RSPK, um, telekinesis, or things of that nature, to where you have to have an adolescent or an upset or troubled child or something in the environment. The Portuguese will create that. And the spirit, meaning the Portuguese, if it knows that's what your thinking is or your you know, level of belief is, it will cater phenomena around that belief to where you strengthen your belief based on that. Because what I've seen, talking about the shadowy figures, what I've heard talking about the voices that Steve Mayer and other people have captured, these are voices. These are not the EVPs that you see on TV where you listen to it and you're like, hey, I don't know, that sounds kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know. What we captured or what they were able to capture were conversations between one spirit and the other spirit. You have a voice of one male spirit talking to another male spirit. Voice aimlessly distinguishable. You put it through software to just voice recognition where the spirit tells the other one to go steal that camera. Literally. There's a voice. You can't hear it with the naked ear. It's coming up on either the video equipment or the audio device voice recorder, and it's telling another spirit what to do, how to do it. They're questioning. They're talking about what the investigators are doing in the room. They're talking about me. They're talking about Tina, you know, the color of your clothes, the color of your shirt. So those are intelligent things that are not coming out of somebody's mind. You know, this is not a, a, a mind run amok or you tap into something, you know, it's not the force, but these are, inti- these are beings because we've seen the, for lack of a better word, the footprints they've left behind, the physical damage they've left behind. Now they're on another plane and we can talk about, that's a whole other conversation about the dimensionals and planes that they, they live in and operate from, but physics and quantum physics specifically tells us and scientists hold this to be true or know it to be true there are hidden dimensions all around us we only operate on three four if you include time but there are other dimensions that are closed off to us probably with good reason and who are we to say these spirits are not operating from a majority of them and if you were to operate from a majority of these other dimensions making objects go through solid objects disappearing things, making things appear out of nowhere would be very possible if you operated from these other dimensions. To you and I, it would look like, because you were saying, oh, the dime's falling out the ceiling? And you notice I said, no, it was falling from the direction of the ceiling. We don't know if it was falling from the ceiling or through the ceiling, but it, it was falling from the direction of the ceiling. And the water puddles We've had the water phenomena too, where water is raining or is raining inside your your house or dripping from a ceiling that's dry. There's water forming on your floor and it's dripping from the ceiling, but you touch the ceiling where the water is, it's bone dry. It's not it's wet. Not wet. Yeah. So that right, means right. that water could be, if it was operated from another plane, 
then of course that ceiling would not be wet because the water is operated from another plane. So yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm of the, uh, the belief uh, that poltergeists are intelligent um, spirits um, and there's numerous that we did not have one poltergeist in our house. We had no less than 11. I always tell people we had no less than 10 poltergeists in our home. They work in unison together and the one who I told you ran past me, that was a poltergeist. The one who threw the armoire or put toys laid out over there, that's a different poltergeist. It was just so many, so, so many. The ones who attacked me 500, 800, 1200 miles away in my hotel and attacked Tina and Kim, two different poltergeists. But they're all working together. One followed me. And one, the other ones never left the home to hunt Tina and Kim while there. Those things happening, and they did happen, uh, you know, in my opinion, should dampen the belief of the, you know, the RSPK theory surrounding poltergeists. And this is interesting. You're right. You're absolutely right when you say that it kind of tries to uh, amp up like your thoughts, like it, it's listening and and um kind of structuring the phenomena around your beliefs so if you think okay this is a demon you'll start seeing you know three scratches and and upside down crosses and things it's so intelligent i do believe it's a spirit totally i do believe that a, a poltergeist is essentially some type of spirit that's doing yeah i tell yeah. people mm-hmm. people, don't get, people get hung up on the three bibles that caught fire and i'm like yeah, you can, but don't get too hung up on the three Bibles that caught fire. Understand, if me and Tina had put three phone books there, people are like, what's a phone book? I'm, I'm dating myself. But if, people, if, we put, if we put three telephone books there and we revered those telephone books, those are caught fire. It's not so much the Portuguese, oh, Bible, Bible, people are like Lucifer and Satan and all that. I'm not saying there's demonic activity taking place because there is, but we should get out of this Hollywood ass. Oh, that's Damon doing that. No, we put the Bibles out there, and what we viewed as sacred, you know, the Portuguese. Ah, oh, they value those oh, Bibles. Oh, okay. Same thing with crosses or holy water or whatever. If we were to put, you know, a phone book out there and revered it, you know, and prayed over like we prayed over the Bibles and treated it gingerly as we move it from A to Z. They're the brand those too. But they know because of our thinking, our cultural thinking, what's entombed in us, instilled in us from the time we leave nursery school. Oh, Bibles, yeah. We burn that. That's going to ratchet up the anxiety level. And it did. It's going to ratchet right. up the That's fear exactly level. Right. And it did. You know, because I'm, I'm thinking, man, they're burning Bibles. Man, we we, don't, we can't stand we can't stand up against that. We, I mean, they're, burn, they're, burning, right. they're, burning, they're burning God's book. And so we were so disheveled and demoralized, and they weren't. I mean, it's a psychological. Portuguese activity, I tell people, is 90% psychological, 10% physical activity. I believe it, too. I mean, because if you, if you had came in there and some priest or somebody said, oh, you for sure have a demon, and everything that you believe is connected with demonic activity, you guys would start seeing Yeah. It would be, it'd be yeah. crazy. Crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, worms crawling out the ceiling and all this. We'd be like, ah, you know, flies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow, 
That is just amazing. Well, um, I, I, I mean, you come off to me as a very genuine guy. And I know you have three different books about this activity um, that you've written. We've talked about the first one, and this was the Bothell Hell House, Poltergeist of Washington State. It's available on, on Kindle. And is it, or do you have that one on audiobook or no? Uh, it's in the works. It's in paperback version in Kindle. Um, I'm working on it. You're working on an audio book, yeah, though, audiobook, right? Yeah. You're working on one. Got you. That's awesome. Tell my listeners where they can find out more information about you, Keith, or any other projects that you may be working on. Uh, yeah, so everything that we've talked about uh, today, I have a YouTube channel, and, and it's easy for people to uh, want to give the, the long string address, but just type in Keith L or Keith Lunder on YouTube, and you're going to find my channel of 600 plus videos where you're going to see and listen and hear the voice recordings for yourselves. You're going to see the destruction, the poster fire, Bible fires, and all that stuff. And you're going to get more info about the case, about what researchers found, what I found, the previous tenant. So YouTube is a good place to start. Um, obviously, the, the books where all this is contained in are on Amazon. You mentioned the Bothell Hill House, uh, book one. Book two is called Attachments. Uh, Portuguese of Washington State Part 2, which is a continuation of book one. Book two covers three things important to the to the reader is, number one, what was the black oil on the wall made out of? We, I had that tested. It's not spray paint. It's, we had that tested. Um, why was the house the house from hell? What made this house out of all the houses on the block haunted? And we, we know that now, right? It's not Keith and Tina. We know why, the, or have a good solid theory of why. There's a lot of horrible stuff that happened in and around Bothell. Uh, some inside that house um, that we found out, that I found out. And then was I followed? Meaning, did the activity follow me? Because I'm not in the Bothell house, obviously. I moved out May 8th of 2016. Did the activity follow me elsewhere? Short answer is yes, uh, Book two will tell you what that activity is because it is different. It, it's different from being in the bottle house. Uh, it's more darker. And then book three, Portuguese, the night side of physics, covers the physics that we just sort of hinted on today of all the phenomena. How are Portuguese able to do what it is they do? Levitation, disappearing, reappearing of objects, time distortion. We talked about the sound manipulation, the visual, the corner out your eye thing, the water puddle. The fires, the spontaneous fires. How is all that? So book three has my case and about 450 other Portuguese cases in it, which all have similarities and unique differences. So, yeah. Very good. Very nice. Keith, I really enjoyed this conversation with you and many blessings to you. And Tina, you still with Tina, right? Uh, no, Tina was, and I broke it. I was one of the fallouts wow. of Portuguese phenomena. There's no happy ending where Portuguese are concerned. Wow. I'm sorry uh, to Rondo, hear that. Rondo was right. It destroyed their marriage and destroyed our... But we're still friends. We were, we're amicable, and we forever both have a bond and a story to tell, regardless of who you ask. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, many blessings to the both of you guys. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I invite you to follow my other podcast, Mysterious Radio. Please share this show with others that are interested in the paranormal. I want to give a special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. 
and working hard behind the scenes, our team of four. I want to thank them as well. I am your host, K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.